Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of Go for Bronze. On this week's show, we'll talk about PlayStation revealing the extra and premium games coming to PlayStation Plus this month. Mark cues us in on what's going on with the upcoming Mortal Kombat game. And Summer Games Fest sounds like the E3 replacement we need. I'm Joel Torres, and as always with me is my lovely co-host, Mark Ace Acevedo. Excellent job on the intro. I was really holding it back. We had a one of those kind of blooper reel kind of things where you know you're trying to get it started but everything was funny which is great that just means it's going to be a wonderful show full of humor and i'm doing excellent how are you i'm doing great i'm glad that i was able to get through that that's on, on, that was the first take by the way ladies and gentlemen because the last few takes were interrupted by somebody fucking laughing yeah first take it's only 2 31 <laughs> p.m on a friday <laughs> different timing but that's good we got energy it's not an it's not an after after work kind of recording i like these little like impromptu middle of the day recordings we did one like this the other day during the weekend i think it was like a saturday morning or something like that i kind of like the energy of a afternoon you know we haven't been you know exhausted by work we still have hope. yeah i i agree still have hope and i, I think i'm uh I, i'm shaking off the cobwebs of yesterday yesterday i had a a win with a loss you know sometimes you get the the bad with the good so good news i found a home i will not be homeless That's and it's good. a very nice place it is the one that we were looking at all along the bad which is kind of just the normal is to apply for the place it's a 450 dollars application fee but it's like just to do a docusign. So I'm like, why does it have to be that expensive? And like, could you imagine if they said no? They said yes today. But yesterday, just paying for that application, I was like, yeah, I could use that for so much else. I think if you say no, that's like the beginning of like a Taken movie where like a man will hunt you down and kill you until he finds you. Yeah, and I was joking with Joel that that much power. I mean, there's definitely got to be landlords out there that love that power fantasy. They're like, you need this thing fixed. Like, that's that's a problem for you. You need to get just, a second job. Just hit him with the ultimate no. I love, you know, at my job, sometimes I have to disappoint people's days. And, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, when you set your foot down and you're just like, no, that's it. I'm the destroyer of worlds. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let it burn. I don't work with customers at my job, which is lovely. That sounds awesome because so I only disappoint myself. Well, we I, well I do that and I bring somebody else in on the disappointment. So I guess I kind of even the load out there. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, you get a you get an audience <laughs> though, from what I heard, you know. Stuff oh, I gets definitely. crazy. And they gotta come cool you off. You're a hothead. Oh yeah, definitely. We I can't say where I work. Yeah, I love where I work. Yeah, you love it so much. That's why we're recording at 2.31 on a Friday. Oh, my gosh. Well, hope, <laughs> good thing nobody from work actually listens to this. But, um, yeah, how, how have you been this whole week, though, Mark? You've actually had the whole week off. Yeah, whole week, life. yeah whole week off has been really good. So when we talk about what we've been playing, I do have a lot to talk about. So th- most of the week has just kind of been that. You know, on Wednesday, I did go spend some time with the parents, had Great. fun, you know, swam, good conversation. Talked about how AI is going to be the death of us, the usual. And then we went to lunch at a classic spot, uh, Bella. A oh, nice yeah. Italian joint. So that was good. Good food there. Good food, better people, better pizza. Better yeah, it's <laughs> when I. It's funny because I, I went there. For, I remember I interviewed there one time to bartend. And mm-hmm. so the guy who works there was really nice, basically told me that he would take me on and I could do it. And I remember I kind of like, I don't know if ghosting is the right word, but he told me I could have the job, but then I didn't take the job. 
So every time I go there now, I'm like, does he in the back of his head is this guy like this piece of shit is here again? But probably not. Probably not. He said you're on the better pastures than bartending there anyway. So he just he That's probably true. saw that you're that you know you're better than that. Because now it's like oh, I can afford to eat there instead yeah, of like you... I have to work there for a free meal for the half off meal. You don't even get the free meal. I don't it's think restaurants. Meal? You would know. I don't think restaurants. Yeah, I don't think uh, restaurants do the free meal. I never. I mean, I've worked at restaurants where I ate food for free, but like the corporate policy or like the restaurants policy, even for the mom and pop, is usually like you get half off when you're on the clock. When I worked at the theater, you got a free meal. What the fuck? Yes, I I, I used to. Ooh, excuse me. I used to bartend at a luxury cinema, and there they did have like a full <laughs> menu of food. What? What are you laughing about? <laughs> that just means moms, mom, angry moms get drunk while their kids are running around. That's all Look, a luxury full, cinema is. Full cocktail service, all right? Good draft Oof. beers is a good uh, learning experience, but they, they had free meals. You'd get like one free meal per shift, pretty much. That's cool. That's respectful. You get a free drink or what? I mean, you, the drinks. Uh, you, uh, what do you mean, like alcohol? Yeah, alcohol. I, I mean, some em- some employees were, you know, <laughs> but they got found out. Uh, damn, for real? Oh, of course. Oh, because y'all are super serious about you, like mark the bottles and all that shit, right? Yeah, you you have to. And the thing is, is that the people that would do that were always the trash employees, right? Because like. I never did that. I never drank while on the job because A, you shouldn't be drinking on the job and B, like... Depending on your job, you should be drinking. Obviously, I'm that's just like... going to put that out there. That's like stealing product. So for me, it was annoying because my counts would be off because these motherfuckers were drinking on the job. And I'm like, mm. someone's got to figure out where it's coming from. So what you're saying is that you're the snitch. What I'm saying is that the power dynamic feels good. You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. You declined them of the fucking 450. That's they got to find somewhere else to work. Wow. That's you really, you really just been taking heads this whole time. I did not know nah, that. But that's just, that's just like bad employees. But yeah, we used to get free meals, no free drinks. That's free cool. soft drinks. Mm. You know? Yeah, everybody gets free soft drinks. And when you work at a restaurant, you realize how cheap soda is. And it's almost like a crime that they charge like $2 for it. Yeah, it's just the bag of syrup and carbonated water. Yeah, but it hits different, though. I love that it bag can. of syrup. It can. It can also go bad. I think my favorite soda in the planet is a Diet Coke. And a Fountain Diet Coke from McDonald's is the best drink on the planet Earth. I like that you're saying in the planet, like it's freshly pumped out of the planet. Like it's, it's a limited resource. It's a limited resource, Diet Coke is. It's, uh, it's fucking more valuable than the oil, in my opinion. Yeah, soda soda is I don't have it too frequently, but I I like root beer. Root beer is probably what I get the most. Really? Yeah, I like root beer. Mm. A Did good you... cream soda is good too, but cream soda is not offered widely, so root beer is the is normally what I would get at at like a restaurant or something. We used to get cream sodas. That was like a tradition before IBC. we could drink. Yeah. Yeah, me and you on a nice picnic date with the six pack of IBC cream soda. I never forget. Gotta love it. And then we were just throwing them in the fucking middle of the rain when it, in the middle of the night. That was fun. Oh, that yeah, one time when I lived in the townhouse. Yeah, breaking it against the trees in the back. I, I mean, the 12, the 12 packs of Mountain Dews were irregular for us. Or That's Coke another Vanilla. Thing. I was going to ask. You were a part of the Coke Vanilla Mountain Dew thing too, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Because I, I know you're not a big soda guy now, but I remember like you fucking with soda. Like what happened? Yeah, there was a different time. I think... I think that 
when it was like to hang out and play games all night, it's different. I don't think that within my regular everyday life, I could respect myself if I was just like, all right, I'm, I got a 12 pack of soda here. Let me go through it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's different when we're pl- our plan for the night is to have multiple screens up and have 12 cans and order Papa John's and very important detail, not on our dollar. So oh, yeah. that all that all matters too. Like now I'm not going to go grocery shopping and be like, we need to make sure we get a 12 pack of Mountain Dew Code Red. That's, That's not true. an essential. I like that you didn't even go to two liter route because the two liter route is the most disgusting thing in America. I have a two liter soda is horrendous. I'm going to go ahead and counter you and say that the most disgusting thing is people who get the mini cans because they're really Fuck just lying you. to themselves. Fuck oh, you get you. the mini cans? We do get the mini cans at my household. Yeah. No, mini cans. You're lying to yourself. Like, do you? Th- why, why are you getting the mini can? You're just gonna it, get another one of them. Sometimes I don't. But you're okay. But when you grab a can, why? Why the mini can? The mini can because it's healthier. You're limiting your options. You know, it's healthier just not drinking it. Why don't you have a twelve ounce bottle of water? It's not twelve ounces. It's like I don't even know if it's six ounces. Honestly, the mini can. It's like a sip. So I like to, I, I don't eat, well, I, I do eat, but I don't like to drink when I eat. Like, I don't like, I'm not going, I don't go back and forth. Like, I just like haul, I just like fucking inhale my meal. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, Mark can tell you, cause I, I, eat, I eat fast. So I don't even have time to be going back and forth between drinking and, and eating. So the mini can works. Cause after I just scarf down a meal, it's just like a shot of fucking diet Coke and I'm good to go. I just need that little, I just need a little hit, you know, I don't need a full, like 12 ounce can and all that shit sometimes you just need a little 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 off the top so you have a problem because you need it i do need diet coke i fucking love it and you dip your pizza crust in soda i do dip my pizza crust in soda and anybody who thinks that's weird you haven't tried it i think i haven't tried it and i think it's still weird but it was good it wasn't bad i don't think it was good i think if it it was good i would still do it no, I think you it's just don't personal want to do it. preference. I just don't think you want to admit that I'm right, but pizza crust in soda is actually the preferred way. Anyway, like because when you do the marinara sauce, for me personally, I feel like you're just burning off your gums when you're eating pizza crust and marinara sauce. Like you're just like literally like my mouth is like inflamed. You're gonna have acid reflex. Come on, we're all getting older. We can't be fucking downing half a gallon of fucking marinara sauce. So you got to do well, the pizza crust. I think I the only softens time it up. Are teeth are getting hard? Are get, teeth are getting old too? You know. Are you gonna let me get a sentence in? You can get a sentence in. Are you charged up on the diet coke? What's going on here? I'm charged up on diet coke and water. The only thing I'll dip pizza crust into is the Papa John's garlic sauce. Besides that, I normally That's don't. That's disgusting. Dip. How is that disgusting? Because that shit literally just looks like oil. Yeah. Well, it it's butter. It's butter and garlic. Yeah. Isn't. You're I don't like shit. it. I don't like it. I'm just saying. I've tried oh, yeah, it before. You... I've wanted to try it. I've wanted to like it. There's certain things that I've wanted to like. There's certain that's... things I've wanted to believe in. Like that's that. a that's a all right. Well, <laughs> that's okay for you not to like it, but it doesn't mean that somebody else can't enjoy it. Also, like God. <laughs> so it's it's okay. We're you know we welcome everyone here. Go for bronze PlayStation show, and uh, we could talk about we could start talking about what we've been playing. Yeah, you can. You can go. You can go off, King. You go off, King. Tell tell them what you've been playing, and then I'll just hop in because I think we have overlap with the things we've been playing. So whatever you mention right. them, I'll just jump in. 
I'll do... Alright, so let's see. Separate stuff. Miles Morales. I've been hopping back into Spider-Man Miles Morales. I never finished that. Reason being was not because I didn't like it. It's because I got my PS5 in November. So like the month that it came out in 2020. And I tried playing Miles Morales on it. And during the... I can't imagine... Well, I guess I don't have to detail it. But during the second mission, so extremely early in the game, during a cutscene, like a rendered cutscene, my game crashed. But not only did my game crash, my PS5 made an audible like clicking sound and then wouldn't turn off or turn back on for a couple of minutes. So that scared me off of playing Miles Morales. That's actually the reason why I just didn't play it at that time. Because if it like regular crashed... I would just go back in. But the audible sound of something happening in the system I had never heard and still haven't heard since then. So that's why I didn't play it back then. But now I'm playing it, enjoying it, getting excited for Spider-Man 2. I'm actually playing this because I know they just released Spider-Man Remastered on PS5. You can now get that separately. And if you want to buy it, if you own the game, it's a $10 upgrade for the PS5 version. Unfortunately, if you did get Spider-Man 2018 on when it was offered on PlayStation Plus, it is you, you would have to pay the full $50 for it. Um, but Miles Morales, really good. Really fun to play as him. He has a cool moveset. The game looks incredible. So I've been enjoying that. And then God of War Ragnarok, I'm also playing. I'm playing it because Liz really wants to watch it. And I want to play it ultimately, but I think it's kind of a known thing now that I know... So I don't know everything about the game, but I know a lot of story bits that I really wish I didn't know where I'm having a lot of fun playing because it feels fantastic to play. But I'm kind of going through the motions in the sense that I'm not I don't think I'm going to be very surprised when a lot of the things that are going to happen in the game happen. So that's unfortunate, but, you know, like all, you know, like, you know, like basically all the reveals are like, like. Not all the reveals, but you know, like a majority of the reveals, mm-hmm. you just don't know how you get to them. It's like you don't you don't know the in between, but you know, like the like the the one fourth mark, the halfway mark, and like the third one three fourths mark, and like you know that all that. Yeah, I agree. That that's 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 definitely that's definitely true. But I will keep playing that, and hopefully, some things like you know, there's a lot of movies that I've watched where I knew the twists and or the spoilers, but they were still fantastic when I got through mm-hmm. them. So I'm hoping that is the case with Ragnarok, where regardless of me knowing these things that I still get enjoyment out of them. It's also the same way I feel with Red Dead 2. I want to play that one day, but at the moment, I'm still like, I don't know how excited I can be based on what I know. But I think that's just going to be like a ripping off the bandaid kind of thing. Once I get through it, then... I'll be able to just appreciate them for what they are. The only thing is Red Dead 2 is like fucking massive. So I think that yeah, one's right. even harder to to get to for that reason. That's what I was going to say, too, with like even comparing it to a movie or t- like, yeah, specifically a movie, because I think a TV show spoiler plays the same way with like a game where it's like it's so much time like a movie. If you have it spoiled, it's like, all right, but it's still like an hour and a half, two hours, two hours and 30 minutes at the most. God of War Ragnarok's like a 25 hour game. Mm-hmm. Which that's okay. I mean, Red Dead Redemption is going to be like a 75 hour game. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, that, Red Dead 2 is a beefy fucking game, but definitely worth it. One of my favorite games of last gen. Yeah. And then, I mean, just playing these and then Last of Us 2 is something that I'm always playing in the background, still on my grounded plus playthrough, getting, finishing up the upgrades for 
both characters and finishing up upgrading their weapons. And then after I finish Grounded Plus and have them upgraded, I'll probably do my next playthrough will be on, with some kind of permadeath setting on for that trophy. But I don't think that'll be a, a difficult one because I'll probably do a permadeath and probably like an easy difficulty or something just because yeah. I don't want to like die and actually have it reset. I just want to see the nice hundred percent on the trophy list. But not to be, you know, Sony Pony, but like the just playing these games all in the same week too it's just like these their games are so good like they're at such a high level of quality that it makes me excited for all the stuff that will come out even though we don't know that much at the moment which we'll talk about later in the show there's the summer is going to be packed with showcases and different press conferences and we'll be learning a lot but just playing those and uh me and joel were actually talking about it before the show i mean the most recent playstation game that we can think of that wasn't well received quote unquote would be like days gone but even days gone was still good i still enjoyed it i think days gone you know looking back on it as the the fog of war settles i think days gone's better than horizon and i used to love horizon and i and i don't hate horizon but when i think about what i wanted like i didn't play uh horizon forbidden west i didn't finish it but i platinum the first one and I think I would be more excited for Days Gone 2. Like, I feel like I would have actually played and beaten the Days Gone 2. I was like, I fell off of Horizon. I gave it a try. I played it for like five to like seven hours. And I was just like, this is not really clicking with me. I also don't think that. So I agree with you 100%. I was going to say with Horizon, I recently finished the first one and played Frozen Wilds. And I didn't think that the way it ended made me really like excited or wanting to push into the second one. The thing mm-hmm. with Days Gone is some of the best parts of it are when you're getting to the late game and then the game closes with with like kind of a post not it's not an end credit scene but it kind of happens after the game ends something happens that is cool as it, fuck. Yeah, it's extremely fucking cool and I was like okay, if this and those other gameplay and this isn't a spoiler but the hordes like clearing out the hordes is something that you get to mostly at the end of the game. If you were going to start the second one with those hordes towards the beginning of the game and this story thing, it would be incredible. But also we know that a Days Gone 2 is not going to happen. So it kind of just stinks to know that. But Days Gone 2 was really good. And yeah, Horizon just doesn't have that. Doesn't, doesn't have, have the, that same level of push. The Genesis Qua. It doesn't have that like uh, thing that draws you back into it. But mm-hmm. What else? What else have you been playing, Mark? So both of us here. Uh, congratulations to both me and Joel for the Dredge Platinum. Woo! Yep, I did platinum that earlier this week or yeah, Wednesday. I platinum it. That was a lovely game. I think we've kind of talked about Dredge for a while now, but I think I would recommend it. You should definitely play it. Very attainable platinum. Not too easy. Not too hard. You just kind of have to do everything. Mm-hmm. But it's a great. I thought the ending was a lot more deeper. Than, it was the ending was a lot more deeper than I was ready for it to be. I feel like. Yeah, I would agree. I so I actually like in a good way, not like in a negative way. By the way, I, that's what I was actually going to say. And of course, we won't say what it is because the game is still relatively new. But I I was almost blindsided by depth in terms of meaning and story. However, mm-hmm. I thought since the way I played the game was I did everything until the last mission, and it kind of gives you a warning of like, hey. Don't continue here. If you want to clean everything up, go do that. So I got up to that point and then did everything. So I guess my maybe I set myself up for disappointment, but I thought the last mission was going to like be a mission, but it really isn't. You kind of just like, all right, you, you enter game. it. Yeah, and then you, it's almost like you're just saying like, okay, cool. Let me just finish this and 
see a cutscene. So I thought it was deep in this in the story, but I thought it was shallow in the fact that like I thought maybe I don't know, I thought it was gonna be like a gameplay ending kind of thing, not just like drive to this point and it's yeah, the the ending in quotes is I mean it's it is the ending of the game, but it's just like you're literally triggering a cutscene. It's it's so like minuscule that when you actually look at uh like your PlayStation percentage, it was saying when I was finishing up wrapping up all the trophies, I already completed the game a hundred percent, which I thought was kind of funny because I knew I hadn't beaten it actually. Yeah, and I don't know for some games how like on the PlayStation Cross Media Bar, I don't know how accurate that is on some games. I know that Miles Morales may be short, but I've only played it for I would say maybe two hours, and it already says forty four percent. That sounds about right. It's just not a very long game, which is, I mean, which is fine. No, it's super it's fun. Not, it's, it's it's like a movie almost. Mm, okay. It, it's like a digital movie. Which is cool. Uh, that's yeah. totally fine. But that's why I was just curious with the percentages and seeing how accurate. But they normally track the main story. They're not tracking everything else. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was, it was saying I was at 100% for like a week already. Mm, gotcha. But yeah, Dredge was good. That's platinum number 72 for you. Mm-hmm. That's platinum number ninety for me. Damn, that's crazy. Then, How many on one account, though? You know, that's what people are really wondering. Seventy-six. Seventy-six. Okay. That's... Seventy-six on the current one, and then it's fourteen on the other one. All right. Well, seventy-six is not too far. Not too far back. I got a few in the chamber. I mean, trust me, I do too. You know, I do. Oh, okay. All right. So we got what else? And then playing. So Devil May Cry, I'm still on that for that campaign to get to five and play it on Dante Must Die mode. I finished one, I finished two, and now I started Devil May Cry three. I'm a couple of missions into it. This one is way better than the second <laughs> one. Definitely way better. Cool, cool setup too. I, I like the idea of this one kind of taking place before the events of one and two and introducing Virgil, who's a really iconic character to the series, which is Dante's brother. And you're that's who that is. Okay. Yeah. And the setup is kind of like you're climbing a tower and there's other story bits to it, but I like that setup. It is harder than the second one. Something I will say is that when you're doing a boss fight, maybe this is just me. It feels like a, like a, like an arm exercise because in the second one, when you're shooting your dual pistols, you would hold one of the face buttons to shoot in this one. You have to tap it, but Mm. you're doing a lot of shooting and slashing. So like, in the middle the of hand cramps in yeah in the middle of the first boss fight i paused it three times to like take a break and be like holy shit like my arm is like on fire right now uh but it was kind of i don't know it's kind of cool too because it's like i like when games are intense and like they make mm-hmm. you feel like you're doing something so that's really really good he's a punk you know dante's a punk in it he's very like shit talking kind of whatever cool guy slick and the the boss fight I think I just did one boss fight so far, and that was cool. Level design looks good. And I, I'm really excited to get to five, because I know five is supposed to be really good. Yeah, and I actually started up five to try to complete the campaign. Um, you know, first thing first, bullshit that I can't start on the hardest difficulty to earn the trophy, so I have to at least beat this game twice, I'm assuming. Hopefully not three times, because that would be ridiculous. But um started playing it. have no idea what's going on in, in the Devil May Cry story. Dante has one arm in this game for some reason, and it is hard. I probably should. I think I was talking with Mark. I think I'm going to actually restart it in normal to like get the mechanics. Cause yeah, I have no idea. Like, I don't know. Like it's, 
I understand like the objective is to constantly keep on hitting people and not get hit to like increase your score. But like the movement, I still don't have it completely like understood in my in my mind because this is the first Devil May Cry game I played. Yeah, I mean, and they also all <laughs> they also all gradually build on each other in terms of gameplay mechanics. So like when you're playing the first one and then second and third, the gameplay bits that get added on stay in it. So now playing three, I'm extremely comfortable, but I'm comfortable because I had been doing these movements since the first and second game of melee combat with your sword and then switching out guns and the way that you dodge and run up walls and how to keep combos together and switching what attack you're doing so that your combo stays higher. But then, you know, more stuff gets added. So the first two games don't have different stances, but now in three, there's different stances. I'm using like the traditional classic one, but they change up. But I would, I would imagine, yeah, jumping straight into five and not having played any of the other other games that it would be kind of a it would be like a steep learning curve and it's a difficult game like you're not just i'm learning that that it's difficult yeah so uh, what i mean we'll see how that goes yeah i would i mean if i was in your shoes and i wasn't gonna do any of the other ones i would just play it on normal first because if even if you don't get the campaign just enjoy the game we don't do anything for enjoyment here, right? I'm trying to get the. I'm trying to be a member of the Hard Games Club. You gave me shit for missing out on the Elden Ring one, so now I'm like, I gotta get them all. Well, yeah, I mean, gotta give you shit on that because it's like you're you're like well, putting up you're putting up a front, you know. Even with this one, I mean, come on, this is a front. What do you mean I'm putting up a front? Do you think that the easiest way to get this trophy is to hop into the latest game without playing any of the other ones and just try to just like brute force it onto the hardest difficulty? I. Don't think that's the easiest path. I agree with you. But also, I'm not going to waste my fucking time playing four fucking Devil May Cry games. What the fuck? But what if they're good and they're quick? That's fine. But I mean, the fact that you told told me that they're quick did kind of make me change my mind. But I I got limited time to play games. I don't don't have time to fucking play this Devil May Cry series. Oh, it was originally RE4. Oh. Yeah, you're just talking shit to talk shit, which is really funny (laughs) Because you're also the person that just told me when we were talking about Zelda, you're like, well, I just want to, you know, if something is getting reviewed well, I want to be a part of the conversation. I do like being part of the zeitgeist. I, what's it called? My, my biggest, you know, weakness in life is I, I like to have fun. That's, that's See, my weakness. But that's like being in an interview and being like, I'm a perfectionist is my weakness. <laughs> do you like to have fun or do you want to like, just be a bandwagoning bitch like what is it i'm not a bandwagoning bitch i i i'm loyal all right i've been loyal to my jets and i've been loyal to my heat we're not talking about sports we're talking about video games i'm loyal to my video games my favorite video game has been fucking bioshock since like 2008 so you're loyal to whatever whatever other people are playing is what you just said that's not what i said i said i get excited and i want to play the game that doesn't make me but still, I have not. Uh, oh, yeah, a tough time finishing those sentences. Let's, let's get to this because we're not even addressing what we're talking about. But let's have it introed in by a listener here. All right. So Tasty Turtle Tales, he wrote, hi there. Was wondering how you guys feel about the new Zelda game. I know this is a PlayStation podcast, but do you guys have any interest? All right. So that just sets the table. As We're talking about the Zelda game. And it is the it is all the news. It is all the, the hype, the hoopla. It's the best game ever, the highest reviewed game ever. And I and Mark was me and Mark were talking about it. I asked him if he, you know, had any interest in it. He I mean, you could say you yeah, were I was, like, yeah, I was whatever. 
No, see, that's what I was like. I was wondering if you were just going to try to say it or if I could say it. No, I, I was just saying you could say it. I do have excitement for it, and I'm interested in playing it. My main thing is that I want to see what the game has to offer except for the building mechanics, which is something that I see talked about in a lot of reviews, which is totally fine. It's just not personally for me to get excited about building and like making my own modes of traversal and stuff like that. So the map looks interesting, but at the moment, the way I see it, since I don't know anything about the story and most reviews leave out stuff about the story, which is good that they're not spoiling it, but I don't know what is in that. I don't know what there is story-wise to be excited about. So I just see the Hyrule with the Sky Islands and the new building mechanics. And so I think when me and Joel were talking about it, what I was saying is I'm definitely open to play it, but what would get me excited to be like, I want to buy this and try it is to know like, what about the story makes it good? What mechanically makes it different from Breath of the Wild? And what I'm currently seeing is like it is Breath of the Wild, same map. There's a couple of new like points of interest. And then the building is like the big thing. And so for me, building is not like a huge thing I enjoy in games. So I'm just like, I'm sure it's great. And I've also heard, I mean, it's on the Switch, which is an older console, but I've also heard that in later parts of the game, like you will have frame chugging, there will be low res textures, it won't perform the best. Again, all these things make sense. And a 10 is okay too, but like best game ever reviewed, like those kind of things. I'm like, I, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know, like I, I'm sure it's possible, but I don't see how, if that makes sense. Like when Elden Ring came out and was like, everyone's like, oh my God, I more so understood from the outside like i believe that that is what people are saying it is where with zelda i'm just like i'm sure it is fantastic but i'm not seeing that from the outside obviously i have to play it to have an opinion about it though yeah and so that was your part that's where that's where you stand on the game and then i was kind of like similar similar in terms of all that but then also i just it's just a lot of uh you know news things covering it I saw that it reads your save data if you have Breath of the Wild save data and that affects something in the game and all this other shit. There's, and a mechanic in the game was originally a cheat code, but then they worked it in as a mechanic. So it's just, you know, these, these cool little news stories that, you know, draw an in interest. But I think the steepest hurdle for me is the, is the 70 because I still don't understand the justification for this one being 70 since it's mm. on an older, it's basically like what? PS4 game, PS3 game, kind of level of uh, you know power we're working with with the Switch there. So charging seventy does seem a little wild, and also hearing that it does chug when the like you know enemy density and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I mean even with I, again, I agree. I think with the seventy, my main thing too is when I look at. I'm not saying that everything has to be different, but what I am saying is that when I watch gameplay of it, it looks. Like there are some new things that were not in Breath of the Wild, but it doesn't, I don't feel like I'm watching like a sequel. And that again, yeah. that is me saying that. So I'm sure like the story stuff, and I'm sure there are going to be massive things that I'll see and be like, oh, this is Tears of the Kingdom. But those aren't being published, I don't think, by outlets. So mostly what I'm seeing is like somebody fucking around or tinkering, or tinkering with like, oh, they, they had a rock and they put like, a jet on it and now they're flying through the sky i'm like that's interesting but i don't know if that's gonna make me go out and spend 70 i kind of want to know like more so maybe story related or like the 
I, cause again, I don't think there's like an, there's, there's not an order to like how you're supposed to do things, right? It's going to be similar to breath of the wild of like, there probably is a golden path, but more than likely you can probably just explore and do whatever you want. And I think that the exploring and doing whatever you want in whatever order is cool, but it, I like a little bit of direction. I mean, we were playing Diablo. Oh my God. Yeah, there's we no talked direction. About that. Jesus Christ. So before we get into Diablo, I did just want to uh, finish up on Zelda real quick with um, the not not uh, having to create your own fun and stuff like that, where it is an exploring game. Those do seem to be kind of popular with like uh, online streamers and stuff like that. People love those kind of survivor games. So if it has those elements, it may be, like you said, just kind of targeting a different audience than us. People that like those survival elements, people that like those building things. But it does definitely seem like something I would want to try. I know Nintendo doesn't put their games on crazy sales, but maybe if I get it to like 40 or 50, I may pull the trigger and get it. But um, and also they did pick a great time to release it in terms of like there's a big lull right now in games. So this is going to sell like ridiculous amounts of copies. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's like, for me still, I don't think it looks bad. I just like you're saying in terms of a different demographic, it doesn't look like the new enhancements are targeted towards someone like me. Yeah. And I also think now with games like the I think sequels are no longer going to be drastically different. I think what separates sequels, honestly, is probably like traversal mechanics. And like I'm noticing this with Jedi Fallen Order, too, where it's like it kind of feels and plays the same. Obviously, I know the combat is deeper with more stances and all that kind of stuff. But then also, like, it's just like they add a few traversal things and you have a grappling hook now and yada. yada. And that's like and that seems the same thing with Zelda with like there's more traversal. And that's kind of like what sequels are now. We're going to make the game bigger and give you a new way to traverse the world. Yeah, that's fair. I think also historically Zelda was a series where every sequel sequel was so different. Mm -hmm. So I think that was also maybe something that just in my head I was I was keeping where, of course, if you've played a if you have played a Legend of Zelda game, you know that a lot of times you're going to be hitting similar story beats. So that's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but more so. You think about Ocarina of Different Time. Different art styles. Well, yeah, you're thinking about Ocarina of Time versus Wind Waker versus Twilight Princess versus Skyward Sword versus Breath of the Wild. Like, they're not just a little bit different. They're all, like, completely different. And so, mm -hmm. of course, with the success of Breath of the Wild, it does make sense to be like, well, let's keep in this vein. But I think in my head, I was just maybe expecting more different than what because they did a lot of teases for a long time and then when i first saw gameplay my only thought was like oh they added like a robust building system mm -hmm. but i don't so but that's just for me i'm still willing to try it i'm definitely open to playing it i'm just not i don't see the reviews and i'm like oh man i like i'm gonna i don't feel like i'm gonna miss out if i don't play it if i that agree makes with sense. you i agree with you there i don't feel like i'm missing out by not playing it but I am also a little hypocritical because if there was a new Mario Odyssey 2, I'd be all over that shit, well, even so, if it was the same exact thing. Well, so would I. But I think there are different I think there are different expectations for different series, too. Yeah. And if they made a Mario Odyssey where the main component was we added like a level creator, I don't think me and you would be all over it. Well, I mean, I did get Super Mario Maker 2, but yeah, I didn't. I only played that for like 10, 20 hours. Not too much. So I think that's that's more so, more so the angle that I'm coming at is I like to ha I like to play curated content. Building yeah. stuff is cool, but it's not for me. I'm not going to be spending a lot of time building stuff in game. 
Yeah, we're not trying to build stuff, and we're also not trying to make our own fun, which we learned is how you have to play Diablo 2. So um, I recently purchased Diablo 2, like Resurrection, some special edition that has Diablo 2 and 3 attached to it, and it was only 20 bucks. I was trying to do a little, like, you know, trying to to do a Mazal and, you know, buy this game with not my PlayStation Star points, earn enough points to then have, like, a $20 credit towards Final Fantasy VII, or not Final Fantasy VII, the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters, and then, like, get both games basically for the equivalent of one game of, like, $70. That failed, and not only did that fail, Diablo II as a purchase so far has failed. We have not tried three yet. I'm hoping to find some success with that, but you can take it away, Mark, with your Diablo II impressions. Yeah, so it was the first time that either of us were playing a Diablo title. Diablo Four comes out in June, and based on the kind of pre-release builds of the game that have come out that people have played people are enjoying it so we're not against it right we were like okay well let's and I love edu- the hype yeah let's let's educate ourselves on it and see what it's about because diablo never seemed like a game that from the outside it never looked like, like a game that i was like i'm not gonna like that it just uh, just watching it i'm like i don't know how dense or how high of a like a, a learning curve there is to this so mm-hmm. that's probably why I never hopped into it. But we got it. Wanted to try it co-op. Diablo 2 is originally came out in the year 2000. And then this version that we played was basically remade. Looks pretty good. It's got good multiplayer functionality into it. So we joined into the same party. And then kind of what we noticed, we played it for maybe two hours, is just the... <laughs> I'm trying to think. So what did you, no- what did you notice, Mark? <laughs> we're not saying that you like i need a game to hold my hand but it was a little bit too far off where i i was kind of wondering wandering around like okay what am i doing is is it just running around and like okay you know killing enemies and grabbing some loot and you die and lose some of your loot but i just didn't i didn't understand what the pull was and so like one of the biggest things that i i felt like when we were playing and sometimes you know like with resident evil 4 or devil may cry right like we're messing around when we're like oh man these games suck but that's not actually what we think with diablo genuinely i think we were like oh like so if somebody said this was their favorite game that's like a crazy statement right like how no if somebody told me diablo 2 was their favorite game of like all time i'd be like what the fuck is wrong with you because it's i mean it's I, I agree say with you. No, it's okay. It's, it's bad. It's it's bad for people that are not fans of this of the series or genre. And I think it's bad in terms of modern day gaming. It's not handholdy, which I know some people are like. I want games like Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild, and that's cool. And that that's for a time and place. But there's not even like there's not like the hint of direction. Like even in those games, there's little like if you can talk to a guy and he'll be like, "Oh, go to that place." And this one is like. You have to find the quest. Like the quests aren't even like auto generated, and the quests are like we finished the first two quests, but then like the fourth quest I think started popping up for us, and it was just, mm-hmm. it's just, and also the names of things like Blood Moon and all this. Sh- it's, I like that because it was a little nostalgic, because like old school game where like they just name things kind of like just very poorly, just to say it in a kind way. It, yeah, it, it looks. I mean, it always it, it looks cool and. There seems to be a lot of interesting things about the game. The best way that I could explain it for somebody who hasn't played it from the perspective of a new player, right? So I'm not saying that I'm an expert on it. But if somebody was to ask me, hey, what is Diablo like from my little experience with Diablo 2? I would say if you've played 
JRPGs or Pokemon games, those kind of things. Think about that, but the random encounters is is like the entire game in the sense that like it's very grindy and you're focusing on getting XP and going through caves and picking up loot, but it was like those elements of an RPG, but without like the characters and world building and like story that you're following. It just felt like me and Joel wandering around, filling out the map and then being like, okay, well we killed everyone here. Let's go over there. But then after two hours, we were like, you know, this isn't that interesting. I feel like I'm putting a ton of skill points and abilities in, but it doesn't feel that different or like there's also the sense that I don't, there's not a whole lot of gameplay to it in a sense that, you know, you're saying X. Yeah. You're going to walk around and just kind of like hold your hit button or use your abilities as they refresh. But it didn't feel like there was much strategy or rhyme or reason to what we were using. And it felt very easy. Just, of course, you're going to hit an area where you're not the right level for it. So you're going to have to grind. But that's, I think that was my main thing that it wasn't like, Oh, this area is hard. Now we have to grind. It just felt like the entire time we were playing, like, grinding is the entire game which for somebody i'm sure that is what they like where they're like i'm gonna play this for a couple of hours get my stats up maybe join and it seems like an easy game to play with your friends and just kind of like talk nonsense but it just wasn't that engaging maybe diablo 3 or 4 would be different but with diablo 2 that was my experience so i was like if there's a story here i don't know what it is or what it's supposed to be or why i'm doing any of the things that i'm doing yeah, I I agree with all that. I I have hope for Diablo three because I purchased it, so I want it to be good. But um, we want but every game to be good. We want it. Yeah, that is true. Here I go for Bronze. We do want every game to be good. But uh, I I do know that Diablo four, I believe the open beta for everybody is uh is, is this weekend. So you could possibly try that and see if they upgraded anything in the past twenty years or twenty three sure. years. I'm sure they have. I think part of the surprise with two, though, was that I think, and of course, if I'm wrong, feel free to, the listener, feel free to, listeners, <laughs> feel free to correct me. I thought Diablo 2 was regarded as being better than 3, which doesn't yeah, give that's me high hopes for 3. Yeah. But, I mean, also, we didn't play the classic version of the game. There was like, I don't, I think. Oh, no, you're th- right. We didn't. You're we, right. Did, we didn't. I think that the, it's also just very complicated. I think the inventory system is trash with like mm-hmm. how much shit you carry and how easy it is to become overcumbered. And then also the fucking identifying of weapons to use weapons is ridiculous. I I don't mind having weapons sealed off to specific classes because that's cool. Mm-hmm. And that makes it like fun where it's like everybody you're picking a character and that means something. But having to like identify an item to use it is just dumb. And then having to take a scroll, take a spot in your inventory so that you're always over encumbered and it's like what the fuck yeah i agree and then all the potions filling up your inventory like crazy and we were yeah, so... we played on all the settings that the game recommended for new players not like mm-hmm. there's an easy mode but it, you know i think we did standard without ladder and then we did the expanded version because under classic it said not recommended for new players so I mean, we're going with the experience that they that they would recommend for new players. And so I, I can basically saying the game is not for new players. Basically, I just I, so I didn't delete it. I know for you is a hard delete, hard delete after we played. For me, it wasn't a hard delete because I do thoroughly enjoy games where you can join and like kind of turn your brain off and just eventually complete everything. But I don't know yet. 
I'm like undecided on if it is I something did, that I would play or not play. I downloaded Diablo three. So if you want to come join the Diablo three train with me and that we can see if that works. Yeah. See if it works. I'll download that. And then we can, then we can give that a shot and give our updated thoughts on Diablo as a series. Definitive Diablo thoughts. Yeah. And then besides that, I guess the final thing I have written here, which we just played a little bit was Warzone ranked came out, which I think is cool. Like they never had a ranked mode before, so now they there is a Warzone ranked mode where you have different skill divisions like bronze, silver, gold, I think diamond, crimson, iridescent, and then you could be top 250 on the leaderboards. But it's nice in the sense that one of Warzone's biggest flaws was the skill-based matchmaking where you feel like no matter what you're going against like the sweats. And this doesn't feel that way. At least, I mean, we're still in bronze at the moment, so you feel like you're playing against people who go for bronze, baby. Yeah, who would be in in bronze, but then you don't have players leave as much because they would be penalized. And a lot of people have their mics on and talking. And so I don't know. I think it's a step in the right direction, and it's something that is not just new to this war zone, but was in other ones. It's like no war zone ever had a ranked mode, so it finally feels like there's something truly new to play. So I, I I've been enjoying that. That is true. That's a good observation. The first true uh, like update to Warzone mm-hmm. 2 that's different from the other two. But another thing I was saying is what I enjoyed about playing it, and I've been the harshest, I think, out of Warzone, even within our group mm-hmm. that like plays Warzone. But it gives a new metagame that isn't just a battle pass, which is kind of fun. Like I like when we are done recording this, like I kind of want to get back and play it mm-hmm. to like get my, my my bronze rank up and stuff like that because i think when your whole meta is like going through the battle pass and collecting camos and skin it just feels very like it's, it's money based it's like monetization it's like did you buy the battle pass and all this kind of stuff but this is just pure skill this is pure fun are you good at the game yes or no if you're mm-hmm. good at the game you get this stuff and you get higher ranks and you get rewarded but it's the first time i feel like warzone is um is um you know um fuck what am i trying to think the word i'm trying to say is like appreciate i Uh, I mean rewarded thank you there you go so this is the first time that warzone rewards you for being good at the game as opposed to spending money on it that's why i like this i agree and i like that the way that you rank up or get through your skill divisions are so you get sr points by either like your other teammates getting kills or you getting kills and then the placement in the game so it incentivizes people also to be moving around and trying to kill and then make it to the end of the game and you'll your SR will go up and you'll move up in divisions. But it feels very I don't know, it just felt good. Like the couple of games that the I pace played. Pace feels faster too. The what feels faster? The pace. I think yeah. like the pace like encouraging people to kill. That's the thing. The pace feels faster. One of my biggest complaints playing Warzone toward like maybe a month or two ago when it was not ranked was that you could play 20 or 30 minutes and not see a single person Mm because like they don't have any reason to want to move around. They're just going to wait until they get to the final. And there's also been improvements to the overall speed and movement of how people move around the map and some of the weapons have been adjusted in fun ways where snipers are really viable now and the intervention is in it and there are perk packages and deployable buy stations and now the the balloons redeploy balloons are now on the map so i don't know it's cool to jump back in and be like oh this is that's one of the benefits of staying away from a game like this for a little bit is when you come back it actually feels fresh yeah and i think that's good i needed a little bit of like a war zone in my life I don't really play first-person shooters because they don't make single-player ones anymore. So 
just playing the game. Also, a competitive game, like you said, it's easy to talk, kind of like what you're talking about with Diablo. It's like Warzone kind of is that. I was hoping to find that in Diablo, but thankfully Warzone's actually kind of hit right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that's pretty much all I've been playing. Do you want to talk about Star Wars a little bit? Oh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. What a game. What a game. Um, so I've been, I played it a little bit today before we started recording just to hop in and see a few updates have been released that have supposedly smoothed out support in terms of, uh, like the fidelity of the game and graphics and making sure that's maintaining its frame rates and yada, yada, yada. Um, I played the game. I'm still in the intro level, which is like, uh, I won't say what the intro level is because that's kind of cool to find out, but I'm playing the intro level and it's still kind of, you know, a little bit of chuggy, a little frame rate dips here and there. It doesn't look the best for being a PS5 game, too. So I'm, I don't know. I'm, I think are you playing on performance or are there different game? Like what game modes are offered and what are you playing on? Just performance and quality. I'm playing on performance because I'm trying to get the 60 frames. Mm-hmm. But I think this may end up being like a hard delete or stow away and come back to like in a month or two because I'm just kind of waiting for it to be fully updated and be like a finished product because it still feels like they're working on it. A Dying Light 2 situation. A Dying Light 2 situation, which ended up with me not playing Dying Light 2. So that may happen with Jedi Survivor, which is upsetting because I was looking forward to this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I I hope that they they get it patched up and it ends up being good because I I similarly was playing through Fallen Order and even Fallen Order I've I've paused on because I don't feel as much motivation to get through that if survivor is not running well yeah i mean there's no rush because yeah this is going to probably not be because they're still trying to get it to work on pc apparently it's even worse on pc in a mess so in the series s probably issues he's giving them issues so that yeah this is I, I feel like this also highlights that there may be an issue with respawn and maybe it's above respawn and it's ea with like making their run games on dice or something but i don't think the engine that they're using for jedi for Star Wars Jedi's Fallen Order and Survivor is a very like good engine. It's like almost reminds me of like Bethesda's in-house engine where it's just kind of buggy. When you say dice, do you mean the frost engine? My bad. Frostbite engine. You're right. You're totally good, That's... you know. I'm just just saving you from the from the people with the pitchforks that are ready yeah, to burn us down. I'm about any, to get flamed. And any incorrect statement. Fucking dumbass Sony ponies. I'm pretty sure that the the Frostbite engine was made by Dice, though. So still, I mean, I definitely see where you're coming from. So yeah, Dice's engine, Frostbite. But yeah, I believe that's what these two games are running on. And it's just kind of, I don't know. It's not the smoothest experiences. I don't know if it's a respawn issue, EA issue, engine issue. But Jedi Survivor is, I feel like, a little bit of a lull for me. A little bit Mm -hmm. of a disappointment. You only get one first impression. Exactly, which is upsetting. Yeah, which is kind of something that we always bring up when we play Dead Island 2 that we're so impressed by how they did launch it. Yeah, and that's, uh, honestly, I've been going back to just playing Dead Island 2. I started up my own, my second character by, so my, for my solo play. And that's just this is kind of a fun, mindless game to play. But I'm, I'm really kind of searching for my story game, like my game I'm excited to get to to play and continue playing. Mm. And I don't have one of those right now. I think it'll be Final Fantasy 16 for even both of us. Oh, yeah. That's what I Final- think will be the next, like, this is single-player story, what we want to be playing, and that'll be in June. So that's, it's, like a, it's like a month away now, right? Yeah, I think so. It's June 16th. 
Yeah, so so a little over a month, but you know, slowly but surely we'll get there. I'm just trying to find mm-hmm. something in the inner room to you know check off on the list and beat. Maybe I might go back to Hogwarts or Atomic Heart. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, well, we'll see. Potentially, we have uh, getting into the news here. PlayStation did announce the games that will be coming to the extra and premium tiers for this month of May. So maybe you'll find something uh, interesting to play in there. Maybe not. Who knows? We'll find out. So these are going to be available starting on May 16th for subscribers. And the games that will be available in the extra tier are going to be Bus Simulator 21, Evil Within 2, Conan Exiles, Dishonored 2, and Dishonored Death of the Outsider. Humanity, which is going to be a day one release on the service. Lake, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Rune Factory 4 Special, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, Dimesia, Rain World, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Rise of the Tomb Raider, 20 20 year celebration, Shadow, so all the Tomb Raiders. I don't know why they couldn't just (laughs) <laughs> have a like a, a simpler way you, they could have just said the tomb raider collection right that would have been yeah. much easier soundfall story of seasons friends of mineral town watchdogs legion and wolfenstein youngblood those will be available at the extra tier and then for subscribers at the premium tier you'll be getting blade dancer lineage of light ghostbusters the video game remastered pursuit force and siphon filter logan shadow now i believe blade dancer and pursuit force are psp games and Ghostbusters, the video game, that's just a PS4 game. That's them doing there. And we've talked about this before. When they insert just like a couple-year-old game into the premium service, that kind of, I don't know, it strikes me really like cheap. It is cheap. But that Ghostbuster game, I believe, is a PS3 game that was remastered on PS4. So, okay. I mean, so it's, it's not like a PS4 4 game, but it's a remaster. But I agree with you still, even what they did with Doom and all that stuff, it's like, you know, that's not what the fuck we mean when we want premium and extra games. Mm-hmm. Classic games. You know, I don't think, have they have they done a PS2 game yet? I don't think so, right? They've done PS1 and PSP games. Yeah, you're right. They haven't done a PS2 game. I don't know if that was promised as being part of the classics. I know PlayStation yeah, 1 and PlayStation Portable were obviously heavily marketed, but... I mean, overall, with this list, it's very Bethesda heavy, which is mm-hmm. I find hilarious. I feel like these just have to be old existing deals or something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty okay list. I think in general, the quality of these games are great. The Rise of the Tomb Raider games, those are fantastic. All those Bethesda games that you mentioned were fantastic. I am interested to see what humanity is and play it, especially in VR. Just another new VR game, something to get me to put the headset on and actually you know use it so i'm excited to play that i think for me probably dishonored death of the outsider is the one big one for me because i had dishonored one and two but i didn't have death of the outsider and that's and that's the perfect thing too is that it, you know it just expands the game collection for the few games that we do miss mm-hmm. and then also uh unfortunately we knew that this month too was the time that playstation sunsetted the service of the playstation plus collection that kind of collection of ps4 games to just be on ps5 so that is no more so we actually did have a writer our listener write in about this and it was pretty funny i'm going to read it in the in the commenter voice this is from pizza party patron he said howdy gents it's finally happened jim ryan himself removed the playstation plus collection off the store how do you feel this impacts the value of playstation plus do you think they are getting away with this because of Redfall's shit reviews? Keep up the good work. 
Um, I think I think that's boys all over the place. Yeah, that was a, it's an interesting. <laughs> I mean, thanks for the writing, but it's an interesting take to say that Redfall would cause this. I mean, un- unfortunately, we. I, I guess not unfortunate, but we know that that's not the case. We know that this was a planned thing from months ago that they this was going to happen. So I don't think that's because of Redfall that they felt like that was okay. But it's like I said, it's still interesting to think about it that way. And I don't, I don't necessarily think it takes away from the value of the service because this wasn't part of their rebranding of PlayStation Plus. I think yeah. PlayStation, you know, PlayStation Plus was kind of rebranded over over this past summer to basically merge together PlayStation Plus as it existed and PlayStation Now as it existed in these multiple tiers. But I don't think the... I always viewed the PlayStation Plus collection as a as almost like a entry to PS5. Like, hey, as a PlayStation 5 early adopter, here is like something from us to say thank you. That's always how I thought about it. That's how I always thought about it too, and that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is that it's it's more of like a reward for early adopters. I understand mm-hmm. that the console wasn't readily available, but it's now what May of 2023. The console mm-hmm. was released in 2020 November. You had what a little under three years to get what 20 games. If they already started removing games because Persona Five hasn't been on it for the last mm-hmm. few months. All games also that you probably own or have received through Plus are, are part of the PlayStation Extra um, game catalogs. Or if you do want any of these games, they're probably anywhere in the range from like fucking five to ten dollars to twenty dollars on a sale. That's so also, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, it's also a great point you mentioning that you probably had them on Plus. I'm trying to think. Even of those games, Last of Us Remastered was offered on Plus before. Days Gone mm-hmm. was offered on Plus. I'm pretty sure Battlefield 1 was offered on Plus. So if you go if you were to go through that whole list, most of those games you probably would have had just by being an essential member anyway. Yeah, I think the th- the big 3 first or third party ones were the COD, which I think is great, is the COD Black Ops 3 collection mm-hmm. with the Zombie Chronicles. I thought that was a fantastic like low key kind of underrated aspect of that cuz that's like a over $100 worth of value. And then also the Persona 5, that was a big deal. And then uh, Fallout 4, I feel like, mm-hmm. and Monster Hunter Rise. Those were like the, like, those were big World. third party games. World, you're right. Rise is the new one. Monster Hunter World. So, th- I mean, those were, again, those are all great games. And that was the whole thing. That was the whole idea behind it. You you bought your PS5. These are games that you might have missed that are great and that we recommend. And they were all just, great games. Yeah, just like something to fill out, especially if you were. Again, with the early adopter thing, I think definitely for people who were already on PlayStation, it's a nice bonus. But if you were somebody coming in from either another console or maybe you hadn't been playing during the PS4 generation, that's what that's for is to be like, hey, here are the essentials we think you missed out on. Thanks for getting a PS5. Why don't you hit these before you dive into, you know, what's next for PlayStation? Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think that that that's exactly how I viewed it. So it leaving is not that. Not that big of a deal. I'm sorry if you missed out, but those games are readily available at affordable prices. Agreed. And other things are starting to become available too. Other things are starting to become available too. Great segue. So um, PlayStation has announced that VR 2s are now available on Amazon. So if you, you don't have to go through the PlayStation Direct Buy store. I know that that was a big loophole. And that was uh, also rumored to be a reason of PlayStation VR 2 having soft sales. That that was the only way to actually get one is going through the PlayStation Direct Buy store. 
So now you can buy your PlayStation VR 2 through Amazon, the number one place where people buy things. So that that's great. It makes it a lot easier. Whenever you do buy yours, Mark, you can just go through there and not have to wait and deal with unreliable shipping. Because honestly, the best thing about Amazon is the, you know that reliable prime shipping. That shit will get there in two days, yeah, sometimes sh- less. Agreed. The shipping is incredible. So I think that that's honestly the biggest hurdle. Because when I bought mine through PlayStation Direct, I was... A little stressed out with the shipping, the, you know, the, the the you have to put in the code, you have to scan the code to then, you know, track your shipment, and then it's like through DLH, and then it's like UPS, and it's like, what the fuck, where's my console? And then mm-hmm. you feel like you're never going to get it. DLH is the yellow and red one, right? Yes. Yeah, that's I in my head, if anything is going to DLH, it's a problem. So that's how initially it's received, and then once they finally get it, like, on, like, going to through i think it's ups they use once i get it to like a ups facility then it switches over to ups which is like i amazon prime just lets me know it, it, has, it owns every part of the business and i just want it to be known i have no reason to not like dlh the only actual reason that i can think of is the fact that it's reverse mcdonald's colors i don't trust that oh that's what it is that bothers me because there is something about it that does bother me but i think that's what it is is that it's like inverse mcdonald's and it's like i get happy when i see mcdonald's i don't get happy when i see dlh and i think with the i think with marketing there is like theory behind the colors that are used in logos and i think red is and i guess i could be wrong i think red is supposed to incite like hunger that's mm-hmm. why a lot of like food, like you know, Red Robin, Chili's, like a lot of them use red in their logos. Applebee's. Yeah, it's supposed to make you Firehouse. hungry. So that's what I'm saying. I see the DLH logo, and I'm like, I like I don't want to be hungry while I'm waiting for my package. Like I'm already. You're gonna be hungry for a while. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. <laughs> so terrible choice on the colors there. Terrible choice on the colors. But finishing up, we also have a few. A lot of gaming, the fiscal year has ended for a lot of these companies, and we're getting some good numbers about uh, how software sales are. So let's start off with uh, Resident Evil 4, the most recent game that's on this list. Uh, It sold 3.75 million copies so far, which I think is fantastic. Horizon Forbidden West has sold 8.4 million units, which is also, I think, a little soft. I feel like Sony first-party games should usually probably be 10 million plus, but mm. that's fine. And then um, Hogwarts Legacy is the big one. That sold 15 million copies already and has already reached $1 billion and is now available recently as of last, at the end of last uh, month, is available on PS4 and Xbox One. So you would imagine that that would easily get to 2025 by the end of the year. And I know with Capcom, right, they've got to be celebrating because in addition to Resident Evil 4 celebrating great, I think that Capcom's stock has reached an all-time high in terms of value. So I know that they're just, they're doing really well. Yes, so their net sales are up 14% year over year. Their net income is up 13% year over year. So yeah, Mm -hmm. Capcom is is hitting right now. And also Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak has hit 5.45 million copies. So games are, are selling at a pretty high clip, but we actually did have a writer or a listener write in a little concerned about these numbers and what they actually may mean. So let me have Hedgehog Hugger take stage here. He wrote um, <laughs> Hedgehog Hugger, you know? It might be you, Mark, in disguise for all it's we know. It's not me. Come on. <laughs> and then, uh, so he wrote, with all the recent gaming publishers announcing sales data for their products, it has me wondering, what do these numbers represent? 
All the remakes and big IP-driven games are selling well, but I can't shake this fear of how this information will inform publishers' future decisions to greenlight products. Also, is it me or has the PS5 generation been lacking games? Sorry for the wordy question. Love the show. Mm, I'm guessing... I'm guessing what he's trying to say is that do these high sales numbers for sequels and remakes, is that like the angle he's taking it? Like that might signal to. The, yeah, the fear. Us. I think, I think that that's the fear is that we're just going to get a bunch of remakes um, and big IP driven things like star Wars and because star Wars as well. I didn't mention has already sold 3 million copies in like a day. Yeah. When it first came out. I mean, I definitely do think that that is the case. I think that is going to send a green light to do those. So I don't know if it's... I'm okay with those happening as long as there are also little risks every now and then. It's kind of, we were talking about last week, like a percentage mix of Mm -hmm. new and old or brand new kind of things and so with this i'm okay with there being licensed products there's always going to be that case you know that a harry potter or a star wars is going to sell like crazy so they're always going to do it i just want to make sure that there are still other like use that success to maybe be like okay well we have that was so successful we can try to do like a maybe smaller project and just see how this is like because we made so much on this other thing let's give our team maybe freedom to like work on a side project too so they're I think there can be a positive there. A positive there could be that these companies are going to make so much more that they have more resources to try something else. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, they're going to greenlight everything that is going to be nostalgic. And I was thinking about this with God of War. Not with God of War. So when I'm bringing up God of War here, I want to say I'm talking about how Last of Us and God of War have like, you've heard people say like Dad Simulator. Or there's a lot of like father related things. I mean, we know that there are new people playing games, but a vast majority of the numbers are people who have been playing for a really long time. So it's like, of course, they're going to capitalize on like, hey, they're probably getting around that age where they're having kids. We're going to be dad simulators or like, you know, they're getting a little bit older. We're going to hit all the nostalgia buttons and be like, you remember that game you enjoyed when you were a kid? We're going to remake that. So I don't think those will slow down. Can't wait for the grandparent simulators. Yeah, I don't don't think that those are going to slow down anytime soon. I don't think I'm... I don't think I have any negative feelings towards it, though, because I think that was like like when PS5 was starting, I was already like remake sequels and everything is like full force. Mm -hmm. I think now my what's happening now that's more on my mind is like live service and the extension, like trying to keep games on life support is more what I'm worried about than just like remakes and sequels, because that's already established. Yeah, no, I I agree with you there. I I understand where his fear is coming from, because even this year, if you kind of look, all the all the new IPs really haven't had as much success. Like the biggest games this year have been the Dead Space remake, Hogwarts Legacy, Star mm. Wars, Resident Evil Four remake. So I understand where that's like. It's not all the same, and also with the licensed games, these are also the best versions of these licensed games that we've received. They're not like the shitty like PS2, mm-hmm. PlayStation 3 ones. Like Spider-Man's a good game. Hogwarts Legacy is a good game. And Star Wars, when it's working, is promised to be a good game. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that's that big of an issue because the product is good. Obviously, you wish it would even... If you're going to stay within the same IPs, at least take a little bit more risk and kind of don't retell other stories in the world, mm-hmm. which I do feel like the video games do do that especially in relation to movies 
So I understand where he's coming from there, but I think uh, the second half of his question where he was talking about the lack of games for the PS5 generation as a whole, I think that that's kind of the bigger issue mm-hmm. in general is that we're not having a lot of games to play that are new. I also think you we might be getting sales data that is hard to compare to maybe previous games or previous generation sales data in the sense that like if let's say we can use star wars as an example right sold fantastically star wars would always sell well but do we know that it would sell this well if it had competition because i think the sheer Mm -hmm. number of big releases is much less now that you're going to sell more when there's only maybe i would say one two i would say one to three big releases a month and a lot of times they don't even really compete with each other. Yeah, they're like different genres. They t- they tackle different audiences, so they don't really eat each other's lunch. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see just inflated numbers also because you don't have competition, which ultimately means that you're getting less games. So I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I get, I'm interested to see how everything pans out when all these projects that it seems like it's kind of bottlenecking. I mean, we said this last year, we said this in 2021, but maybe 2024 is the year that's crazy with games because this was supposedly supposed to be the year that's like, oh, we're going to get so many games. Mm -hmm. And it already kind of feels like it's pittering out at in May, in month five. It's kind of like, oh, well, what else do we have left? Yeah, I agree. We're going to have to see probably at the end of the year is when we're going to see if there is going to be a bunch of games that they will come out. And we're going to get to know all about those during all the summer showcases that we keep talking about. But I guess kind of leading from his question into our next news story about being worried about sequels and reboots and whatnot is uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. So Another reboot. <laughs> I am a huge, gigantic Mortal Kombat fan, always have been since I was a little kid playing Mortal, Mortal Kombat 3 on the N64 was like one of the first games that I remember playing like crazy my mom trying to take it away and i was always stealth my way to sneak and steal the cartridge back and play it i played it in the basement that's where the n64 was and the genesis the old systems and then my brothers had the new systems like up in the house but so mortal kombat huge fan and we knew that there was a investor call that where they said a mortal kombat 12 and this is just how they kind of numbered it there would be coming out by the end of this year 2023 we also know that a Mortal Kombat 12 was in the Nvidia leak back, you know, back when where most of the most of the information from that leak has come to be true. So we knew that we were expecting that. And then we had um Carl Urban in talks to play Johnny Cage in the Mortal Kombat 2 movie that's in production mm. currently from New Line Cinema. So it makes sense for these things to kind of be bubbling up at the same time for another Mortal Kombat game to come out. Mortal Kombat just celebrated its 30th anniversary. And so with the 30th anniversary, they posted like a NetherRealm posted a thank you video and the official Mortal Kombat Twitter has been more active. And so we'll kind of start there as a little bit more information has trickled out since then. So the official Mortal Kombat Twitter posted a teaser of a clock starting at like the number nine or 10 and ticking up to 12, but then it skips over the number 12 and stops at the number one. And so what people believe this means is that they're not going to call it Mortal Kombat 12. It's going to be kind of like a reboot where they're going to make it Mortal Kombat 1. And that has been supported by further leaks. There was a a reliable leaker. We've actually mentioned um, their name on the show before, Bibble Coon. They've leaked things over the years, whether they were plus games or things like that. So a reliable name has kind of doubled down and be like, no, 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 it's Mortal Kombat 1 and it will be a reboot. I, so 
Mortal Kombat 9 was named Mortal Kombat. It didn't have a number. That was a soft reboot. And that was only two entries ago. So I don't necessarily understand why they're doing that. If it makes sense, I guess it could. Because in 11, your main villain is Kronika, who kind of controls time. And part of the aftermath expansion is kind of the idea that Liu Kang retakes control of this hourglass where he can rewrite history. So I understand from that perspective how they can do that and try to reset the clock and retell the like overarching just kind of story of it. But I hope that them being like, if they do decide to make it Mortal Kombat 1, I just hope that doesn't mean they reduce the roster and like simplify everything because I don't feel like that's what you need to do in the 12th entry of a series. Yeah, no, that I mean, that's not how fighting games work. They kind of build on their rosters as like, that's where your biggest concern was is because certain characters can't be in the game because of like, you know, the timelines and all this stuff like that. But you were saying they introduced a character in Mortal Kombat 12 that fucks around with time and that could like mm-hmm. kind of change how they are 11, my bad, uh, change how, you know, mm-hmm. how the story could be told possibly. I was, I was suggesting possibly maybe like a Final Fantasy 7 remake where it's like, they acknowledge that they're changing things. And yeah. it's like, this is a different timeline for Mortal Kombat 1, which could be fun. I introduce more characters. It Exactly. It could be fun if they're like, you know what, this is going to be the perfect version where we try to set up the timeline in a specific way. So maybe characters do different things with that knowledge. And they're like, oh, well, I'm going to bring in this character here, this character here, and try to have their trajectory be different. That could be, definitely be interesting if they choose to do that. So... Some other information we know is Homelander and Peacekeeper are rumored to be DLC characters. I think, in my personal experience, I think both of these characters would be incredible, and I love the idea of them as guest characters. I see Peacekeeper much more as a definitive, and Homelander kind of as like a, that would be cool, but I don't know how sure that is. The reason why is because Peacekeeper belongs to the DC license, which we know NetherRealm has the DC license because they make the Injustice games where Homelander would be a different thing. So that would be cool for them to do, but I'm not so sure that that is a for sure. And then the other kind of tidbit of news is that even though it hasn't been officially announced, rumor is that it's this game would be targeting a September release. That'd be awesome, the September release. But that's a, actually, you know, it's funny. I I viewed it the opposite. Well, you, your justification makes more sense, but I thought Homelander was assuring just because he fits the vibe. I haven't seen the Peacekeeper stuff with John Cena, so I don't know exactly. I'm assuming he's violent. That's mm-hmm. why Mortal Kombat is, you know, wants him on as a character. But I thought Homelander could would fit perfectly just because he's like, he's just like the embodiment of evil. I think he absolutely would be a perfect fit. I think that, I think that's the, the like the wishful thinking though, where I'm like, I think he would be a perfect fit, but in my mind, Peacekeeper is a more of a surefire because they already have the DC license. Yeah, with the Warner Brothers and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they could do some sly shit where it's like, this is Homelander based on the comics, not the Homelander, not Anthony Starr's Homelander. But I don't believe that The Boys is a DC comic. Oh, no, it's not a DC comic, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of licensing oh, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, to get the character there, they can be like, this is not the Amazon mm-hmm. show version of Homelander. This is, like, the comic version of Homelander. Which would suck because I would I want Anthony Starr to like do mocap and like lines definitely and I think we, so we'll have a and like Peacekeeper will definitely be John Cena too because I think yeah. like 
when they have the you know terminator and rambo of course you're gonna have those you're gonna have stallone and arnold actually be those roles so we will see that and i'm excited to see this announcement september sounds good the other bit of information is just kind of the price point right so this is going to be coming to ps5 this is going to be coming to last generation 2 um this is going to be coming to switch and what but Mortal, I'm pretty sure Mortal Kombat 11 is on Switch too. I think it's one of those cloud-based kind of things. For okay. fighting games, I don't feel like that's like uh like I with a fighting game, I don't feel like oh it's holding it back because I'm like it's you know there's it's mechanics, it's it, more yeah. like you know the gameplay. I think that so what I was saying is that if you're getting it on an older generation, it'll be 60. New generation, it'll be 70, and then there will be deluxe version. I think that's a hundred and a collector's edition. That'll be 250. Normally, the collector's edition comes with like a figurine and some real life merch and then probably they're the you know the character pass because there will be one there will be a full character pass and then you'll see the collector's edition has it a real person's disabled arts head in it. yeah it has something in it i don't know but we'll see <laughs> not, not disabled dismembered my bad i misspoke the collector's edition of mortal kombat one remake has a dismembered head in it yeah i think the i mean i'm excited for it really excited for that for sure and then excited for when the movie comes out so that'll all be solid i wonder what showcase that would be a part of i mean summer's is is warner brothers not one of the partners at summer's game fest i guess we will we will read the list of at summer's game fest but we will find out but i do think that could be that to me that's the most likely place for it yeah and also keely he's saying he got a lot of people there's gonna be multiple days for this right it's not like one not it's not like one one hour thing i'm actually it seems not like sure. there's way too many part yeah he, he hasn't i guess he hasn't really detailed how he's gonna do it but i'm assuming it's gonna be old school e3 like maybe over two or three days which i would fucking love i i don't know if it is though because i think there's a lot of events that weekend i think games fest is june 8th devolver which we'll talk about last year they did theirs on june 9th i think xbox is going to be june 11th and ubisoft yes. is june 12th so i think I think that almost every day there's like a different one going on. And also there's rumors, which I didn't have it here kind of for for you guys as a full story. But of course, there are rumors swirling around. There's going to be a PlayStation show that's going to be around the same time frame. But since there isn't a hard date on something (laughs) like that, it's just like, oh, yeah, like, of course, we think it's going to happen. But it's just a matter of like having an actual date of when it would happen. Yeah. And can we trust Lion crying Jim Ryan? That's no, true. we cannot. I like it. I add an extra word on every time. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of... Dying lion, crying, Jim Ryan. Yeah, I mean, he... Like, at least he's not doing this, though. Because what, what I'm going to say is, if you're excited <laughs> for Dragon Age, you know, I mean, don't even worry about it. That's what EA is saying. <laughs> EA has basically come out and said, uh, for Dragon Age Dreadwolf, it won't be released but before or by April 2024. So they're kind of just... St- putting that out there now there is more information to go along with that so it doesn't just seem like an odd statement so the more information is basically they're going over their fiscal year 24 and what it looks like for them and so their fiscal year is going to end on march 31st 2024 so for the upcoming year at the moment the fiscal year will include super mega baseball 4 in q1 f123 q1 Immortals of Avium Q2, that is the first person shooter kind of magic game, which you can see the icon or like the icon for it. There's a game page for it on PlayStation and Xbox if you want to go look at that. Okay. Madden 24 Q2, EA Sports FC Q2, 
and NHL 24 and Q3. And then they said they have two unannounced games also releasing. One will be a sports title and one will be a racing title. Me and Joel talked a little bit before here, but I don't really know what the racing title would be. I thought it was going to be Need for Speed because I feel like that's how Need for Speed has been handled where it's like they knock out two to three back to back to back in years and then they take a little break and then they come back and a little break and come back and that's why that's how they can always get that pop of like oh need for speed is back for the first time and since uh, that's true yeah and so unbound they they did take years off to do unbound i think that was a mm-hmm. two-year break yeah so and that's it was a ps5 only game so you're assuming that all right that no they took probably a, late no, no no he came out in 19 and yeah, then Unbound so came took... out in 23, so they took a while with that one. No, Unbound came in 22 last year. You're right. Unbound came out in 22. So three years. Yeah, my bad. We're in 23. Yeah, it, it was three years, but it was just a quick turnaround with Unbound 2. They just like announced it like literally like, three months before it came out. Mm-hmm. But I think Unbound being a PS5-only game, it probably laid the groundwork for... like a need for speed game. They don't have to like develop a whole new thing. They already got it running on current gen consoles. So they're probably going to, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a direct unbound Two sequel or like need for speed colon something else, but I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind need for speed taking it, taking a, a jab at a crew style Forza horizon style game. Same just to mix it up. Try it out. Cause they're kind of halfway there. And with racing games, I don't feel like it's a, oh, we're just copying the competition and that's seen as a bad thing. I feel like with racing games, it's more of just like a, well, yeah, just have more cars and bigger areas. I don't even Mm -hmm. know if the setup matters too much. Like, it's just cool that they're doing that. Yeah, so I mean, that's what I'm assuming the uh, racing game is. The sports game, I'm assuming maybe they're going to try to get back into basketball, make a basketball game. That could be interesting. And then so we know for Dragon Age Dreadwolf, it's in... I think at the moment it is playable from start to end in a kind of in between alpha and beta build of it, but they're just kind of throwing it out there. Don't be expecting that in the next fiscal oh, year. They should just release it. That's a modern 2023 day one release. And, and they didn't basically. say they didn't say anything about Mass Effect, which obviously will not be in this fiscal year either. But that wasn't even mentioned. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, e- so EA is weird. EA is really. I like EA outside of Bioware, but then Bioware is like such a colossal fuck up recently mm. with like their products. And they're just like, they're almost like have like that Xbox think on them. And like, whenever you hear like a release coming out, you're like, is it, is it going to be good or is it going to be bad? Like everything else. Like that's kind of mm. like the energy. Like, cause when you told me dragon age and then you reminded me of fucking mass effect, I'm like, God, they're going to fuck that up again. Yeah. That's the first thought that popped in my mind. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We will definitely see. But we, we, also, we shall learn. We also now know that Amnesia Bunker is delayed two more weeks. This is being delayed due to certification issues. And so it was originally supposed to be released on May 16th and will now be pushed back to June 6th. And this is just kind of so they don't release the game and then there's some kind of issue where they have to take it down. So they just want everything to be in order but i'm also bringing this up just because me and joel were talking about it before the show kind of what it is and it is a amnesia bunker is a world war one era game where you're stuck in a bunker with a creature that is hunting you down is basically the setup but you do have a weapon or weapons to my knowledge so it is different from other amnesia games in the sense that you can defend yourself but i also really like frictional games they kind of got like won me over with 
Soma. And then I did play The Last Amnesia and enjoyed that. So, and also just, I don't know, it's just a cool setting. Like World War One in a horror in a horror way sounds really cool. And the only game I could think of that had levels like that was the darkness. So we brought, we were discussing that too. And then just kind of reminiscing on the time in PS3 where you would just get these random, you know, first person IPs and kind of missing that. Yeah, definitely missing that. But um, this Amnesia Bunker game, yeah, you put me onto it. I wasn't really too aware of it and it looks good. And then we were talking about uh, games that, don't really explore that World War Two setting, one. especially in horror, or World War One setting, especially in horror. And I th- and I think that this game is going to be, it, it has the possibility to be a big hit. Is it also releasing on PlayStation? Yes. Is it a PC only no, release? No, this is, is on consoles and everywhere. Everything. Okay, so it should be fun. I'm, I'm excited to play it. Is it 60, 70, 50, 40? Price? I don't free? know. That's a good question. Um. Hmm. I'm not for free. I mean, it's not going to be free. I I don't know what the I, know. I don't know what the actual price tag would be though. It's a good question. Yeah, it is a good question. If it's a compelling price, like you know, a little bit budget price in terms of like being like thirty or forty dollars, I think it could be a big hit. Horror seems to be the like the genre of this generation. Like, there's been a lot of horror games, so I love that. I think thirty sounds right. Thirty. Yeah, thirty sounds right. That's a fair price. Because like, there's no way Soma was sixty at release. No, I think I thought Soma was like twenty five or something like that. That's what I'm saying. I feel like thirty might be like an estimate, but we'll see. You know, when it when it does fully release, what the price actually is, and then see you know, see how reviews are with it. Or is that a day one purchase, regardless? Um, I would say that is a that is a see what the reviews are and then purchase but i would imagine it's a day one purchase i can't imagine them i don't think they've released a game that was just like poorly reviewed mm-hmm. okay. so well. and then that's up my alley i like games like that anyway yeah that's exciting just a you know something new i mean it is a sequel but you know it's mm-hmm. new in terms of like it's a genre they're not connected it's kind of like final fantasy right where it's like yeah. each game is its own thing exactly so yeah that's fun yeah, it's not asking too much uh, too much of you to just hop into it and see what it's about. And then we've got, I can't believe we're saying this name, right? When we were writing this, we were like, oh, I mean, <laughs> this is what this guy's still out here talking, saying anything. So Bobby Kodak uh, was talking about AI and the potential of artificial intelligence in a new Guitar Hero game. Now, to be completely honest, he didn't really say much of anything. But the reason why I brought this up is because I'm a you know resident gigantic Guitar Hero fan, still play to this day. Uh, it's one of my favorite things ever. So I, he was just mentioning that he thinks that AI could help Guitar Hero, and to me, this is just him signaling like, hey, we're interested in making another Guitar Hero. So that's great, good for me to hear. My main thing that I wanted to talk about, which I'm assuming this is where he was going with it, I was telling Joel, is that. When they make a new song for Rock Band or Guitar Hero, they have to chart that. And so I would imagine, of course, you'd have artificial intelligence listen through the song and chart it for each instrument and each difficulty. And you can probably just release way more music that way. That's like That just makes the most sense in my head. That's like a really menial task that you could have a tool help with. Yeah, and then this is kind of highlights the benefits in terms of development with games. Because... It just streamlines some of the easier aspects. And hopefully, I know AI is, you know, people are nervous about it. It's possibly going to take a lot of people's jobs. 
but I do think that there is a slight benefit, which, I mean, even Shuhei was, we mentioned, spoke about this a few weeks ago, where it's like it streamlines the gaming making part of it. Mm -hmm. So that way you can actually get games out quicker and faster. And I feel like that's the biggest hurdle at the end of the PlayStation 4 generation and going into PlayStation 5 generation is just how long games are being like how long games take to be made nowadays. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything that speed lines that up and we can get more games out the door, I'm totally cool with it. This is sounds like a very like intuitive way to use AI, especially for this specific game. Yeah. Plus, I mean, a guitar hero still pop. And I mean, clone hero is the PC version where people, you know, chart their own songs. And of course people are always going to be interested in like people who play those games. Like if I could play this song in guitar hero, that would be great. That's why whenever they update, the rock band list i'm always interested in what's new or i'll be like listening to music that i don't know that's on the roster just so i can have new stuff to play so this for me is exciting and definitely makes sense as a way for for ai to like help and it just makes so much sense like i'm just thinking like you would you would have the library would be massive for it and this actually makes it possible for a guitar hero game to be made because like it cuts the cost of making mm -hmm. it it makes it cheaper to be made so that there's a higher chance of them like, all right, well, we can make this. And it's like, you know, it's not going to break the bank if it fails. Yeah, I wonder how crazy it could be, though. You know, like, would they need to? I mean, I'm sure they I don't think they would do this because they wouldn't be getting the cash on it. But like, could you imagine a situation where maybe you like you link your Spotify account to a Guitar Hero and then you can just play any of those songs like in real time? That'd be fucking awesome. You know, that's I mean? like the future. That's like the future in like 20 years. That's how AI would work. But that sounds amazing. That's what I'm saying, though. But they couldn't charge per pop, which is why I don't think they would do that. But that sounds oh, so yeah, incredible. But yeah. I mean, who knows? Or maybe because if they were, maybe they were to sell I'm enough saying, tickets or like enough units that could make up for it. That's true. But I was saying is that they can have it where it's like, you upload you upload a playlist and it's like we have these songs available do you want to purchase them to mm -hmm. play them like that's how they can use it too cuz i mean it's going to be insane if they're able to like literally get like a data like a library of music like apple music or spotify to search for it so mm -hmm. just like you know uploading a playlist being i want to play these songs and being like all right these 10 out of the 12 songs are available on guitar hero and you can buy them all for like $25 $30 or whatever the fuck yeah That'd be cool. So that that is interesting, and I would of course be down for more Guitar Hero games. Yeah, those are the, you know, Guitar Hero always hits, especially at like a party. Yeah, or just any time, you know. I love to stream. Just any time. People watch me dancing around, being a weird fuck, but I have a good time, and I'm hitting everything, which is which is uh, it's fun to watch. You can check it out at the Ace Nighthawk Twitch. Check him out. Check him out in all his glory, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, sometimes I stream with clothes on. Sometimes I don't. But sometimes he's in a bathtub. Yeah, the guitar blocks all those, so it's all it's all street legal. Wow. You're like the naked cowboy in Times Square. I didn't even know. What is that? Is that a thing? It's just a guy that has like an American flag guitar and wears like, I think, like cowboy boots and is like, not butt naked, but he's like an American Speedo mm. and basically looks naked while he's playing his guitar because you can't see like his dick. Yeah, true patriot. True patriot out there. That's good. Glad we're getting good representation out there. Yeah. I mean, I hope he's alive. I don't know. You know, COVID is probably rough on him with nobody being out there in Times Square. Couldn't make a living. So oh, yeah, that's true. He couldn't shake the cups, shake the guitar. They he put couldn't... the coin straight into the, the guitar hole. Yes, yeah, he's so who knows how he's doing right now. Hopefully, he's somewhere 
doing well listening to this podcast. Yeah, shout out to him. We've shout got shout out to the American Cowboy. So this is a this is a name. So we got a Lords of the Fallen is supposed to be or could be could be releasing in October according to a leak. So we have Reliable Leaker Aggiornamenti Lumia. I'm assuming that's an Italian. Uh, they 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 tweeted Lords of the Fallen semicolon October 13th. So I don't know how they got that information, but to them, this is going to be releasing on the 13th. I don't have many opinions about Lords of the Fallen, but just cool to get information. And I'm sure that we're getting a lot of this information because it's going to be in the showcases. Yeah, it's obviously a lot of stuff gets leaked before the showcase. So I'm assuming, yeah, like you, you probably fall out from that. I do think it's kind of funny how they tweeted it out because it's almost like the the name of the game has changed. It's Lords of the Fallen October 13th. That's true. And it's a very, very official way to tweet it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's exciting for y'all out there that like that shit. Mm-hmm. That's a Soulsborne kind of Lord of the Rings game, right? I think so. I think the people who like Lords of the Fallen also like Diablo. <sighs> I mean, yeah, it's tough out there. It's tough out there. So you like Lords of the Fallen, you like Diablo. I mean, you know, God bless you. I hope that you learn finally learn yeah. some taste and play a real game for once. I hope that you enjoy shaking cups and playing those. I'm honestly been debating the whole sh- the whole show. What is better, Diablo two or Resident Evil four remake? Because those are both of some of the worst games I've ever played in my life. I agree. It's just all downhill. And then Street Fighter six. I mean, what are we doing? Street Fighter six. Like, who the fuck cares about Street Fighter? Legend of Zelda. Not- I'm kidding. Legend of Zelda. I mean, what, are you going to play the same fucking game for the last 35 years? Oh, my God. As we, Come on. As we talk about enjoying Call of Duty. I love Call of Duty. And Guitar it's Hero. Different every, Guitar Hero and Call of Duty are different every single time. They're great Activision products. Yeah. But so, so I mean, obviously, just, just talking the good shit. But in terms of like what the new stuff is that we're going to get, the kind of showcase section of the show... So Devolver has come out and said that they're going to be doing a digital direct in June. They didn't announce a day, but historically last year they did theirs on June 9th, which would be out of the way of Summer Games Fest. So maybe they'll do it then. When they did their showcase last time, they showed off five games. And I'm curious what they're working slash publishing this time around. You know, Devolver Digital, when I think of them, I think of Shadow Warrior, Hotline Miami, Cult of the Lamb. I think the game is called Gris, like G-R-I-S. And so they have... Gris. Yeah and carry on so they a lot of times they do have interesting kind of smaller things to look out for so it'll be cool to see that i mean of course another hotline miami is always my ask right if i was to see a hotline miami 3 that would be fucking incredible i'd i'd love that but i don't think that's gonna happen but we'll just yeah, see we, we love the smaller games here at go for bronze we're some indie boys you know yeah i mean we'll we'll try anything <laughs> is is the main thing but the smaller stuff is normally what is more interesting just because it's fresh dredge is the best game i played all year yeah dredge is really dredge is really good and that is coming that's published by team 17 and developed by black salt games the people that made overcook the yeah the publishers that did overcooked yeah exactly so yeah i mean dredge excellent game and then talking about summer games fest they've announced their partner list for who they're who is actually going to be at the showcase so they have released the list and be a lot of big names in there so it's going to be activision amazon games annapurna bandai namco behavior capcom cd project red devolver digital extremes disney ea epic games focus gearbox publishing grinding gear games hoyoverse kabam level infinite 
of course. Mm. Uh, Magic the Gathering, MioWiz, Netflix, Nexon, Niantic, North Beach Games, Samsung Gaming Hub, Second Dinner, great name, Sega, Paradox, Pearl Abyss, <laughs> Phoenix Labs, Play On, uh, which Play On I wanted to stop at just for a moment, a, a little note. When you hear Play On, what that means is that's actually Deep Silver, Prime Matter, and Raven's Court. Those three names are going to be combined under the name Play On. So okay. you will still see games released as Deep Silver, Prime Matter, or Raven's Court for the next couple of years, but that merging into just Play On is starting to happen. So just wanted to note that there for anyone wondering who or what that entity is. Then after that, PlayStation, Pocket Pair, Razer, Smilegate, Square Enix, Stemma, Techland, Tribeca Festival, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers Games, and Xbox. So a, a huge list, right? So we're going to be seeing tons of stuff there. Very excited for that. And that'll be on June 8th. I actually, you know what I also looked up too? I looked up, I saw that they announced tickets if you want to actually go and be there for Summer's Game Fest. And I couldn't believe how cheap the prices were. How much were they? If you want to be like pretty close to the stage, it's like 40 bucks a ticket. That's not bad at all. No, it's not. I saw that and I was like, that's pretty interesting. And it was on Ticketmaster. Fucking fees. Well, and you have to go to you have to go to Inglewood, California. So I love Inglewood, California. Shout out, shout out, shout out, Compton. So that's the yeah that's (laughs) that's the that's the where the expenses would come in. But I mean, I mean, I'm excited for for the Summer Games Fest. You know, but last year I thought we saw some really great stuff. I thought though, yeah. I mean, both of Keeley's things I think were the best showcases we saw last year with the Game Awards and his Summer Game Fest. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he repeats his efforts. Obviously, if a PlayStation event happens, I would want that to be the best because those are the games I'm going to play. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine with Keeley because I feel like he touches enough. He's also more broad than PlayStation. PlayStation has been, excuse me, mainly focusing on like the AAA big games. Keeley he he da- he dabbles. He goes into the small indie stuff. He shows you some computer RPG shit that you don't really give a fuck about, but it's cool to see that some other new stuff's coming out there. Then he touches the main stuff. So it's a, it's a good diverse show. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, last time we saw it, it's not like you, there's always a chance that we see PlayStation stuff there. So, I mean, we saw death stranding two at summer games fest. So, and I mean, naughty dog came out and spoke a little bit also. I think the real thing is if there's a PlayStation showcase announced, then all of that will be saved for PlayStation. But if no PlayStation showcase gets announced, we'll probably see all their things at Summer Games Fest for the moment. I can see that. I feel like PlayStation and Keeley have a good enough relationship. Yeah, I agree. You know, they Death Stranding has ties. I know that's more of a Kojima thing, but, you know, PlayStation's involved there as a publisher. Mm-hmm. They they debuted Last of Us, the first one at Game Awards. Mm-hmm. They showed the first images of factions, so I, f- I feel like that's a that's a fostering relationship for over the years. That you know, we sh- we'll get. I think we'll get at least one good thing. I think we'll get the factions like gameplay reveal release date mm. at the Keeley Game Fest because they brought it up there last year. Yeah, I would hope so. I, I uh, actually, I just Jones in for it. I just thought about this. So I don't think the one game that I know now looking at this list that won't be here is we won't be getting anything about Test Drive Unlimited because that's Nacon. And are they having their own thing? I think they already had their own thing and Test Drive was not involved. Okay, well, you know, like you said, I think you're they're spending their time polishing the product mm-hmm. whenever they're ready. 
whenever they're ready. Yeah. Whenever anybody's ready, please release a game, by the way. Any developer, publisher, if you want to release a game, that's kind of cool to do sometimes, too. I think so, yeah. Just make sure it's it's finished, but... but <laughs> that's true. Yeah, work a little harder, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to be... Fed... Work a little fucking harder, or we're going to get an AI to replace all you fucks. Yeah, if you want to be fed, you're asking for $70, so, you know, get to work. You got to earn what... it. Yeah, I mean, come on. Final Fantasy Remasters, I got I got six games for 75 bucks. You're trying to offer me one broken game for 70? Are you crazy? And he hasn't even bought the Final Fantasy games yet. I don't know if I am. I got fucked. Oh, man. With my Because the stars? <laughs> the Diablo purchase? I got fucked. The Diablo purchase was just... It really hurts. I'm really hoping a Diablo 3 fucking turns it around because it really sucks because I was thinking about it. I could have bought Moss. That was something I actually wanted to play on VR. And then I just saw L.A. Noir, which was on my wish list. Which, do you have L.A. Noir? No, I don't. So L.A. Noir was 20 bucks. I'm like, I would have fucking enjoyed playing that shit probably more than this, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that... Bad purchases So that. Yeah, that, that that purchase sucked, and then also my PlayStation Plus renewed, mm. and it used the five dollars of Stars credits that I earned with purchasing Diablo. So now I have nothing in my wallet. Yeah, and I'm still on it, the run with my PlayStation. You're still Plus. on the run. You're still on the fucking run. Let's not let's not bring attention to it though. I don't oh, want yeah, Shuhei yeah. cracking down or crying Jim or Herman Hulse to burst down your doors. Yeah, that's true. You're right. I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm a law-abiding citizen. You're a law-abiding citizen, but yeah, the Diablo purchase honestly, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt for a while because that game is atrocious. Yeah, I mean, how are you ever gonna financially recover from twenty dollars? It's technically six dollars. All right, well then you'll be fine. I mean, what are we, what are we wasting this time on then? You know, I'm just, I'm a frugal fuck. All right, I was trying to mazal fucking seventy dollars to get two games. What's a mazal, by the way, for the people who don't know? Mazal is a term that Jewish businessmen say when they made a deal, when they came together. It's like basically saying like deal, but it's just... Where did you learn about this? I learned about this from my boy Moses on the streets of New York City. That He works in the Diamond District trading all the greatest jewels. I found him on YouTube shorts. Mark likes to compare him to being like a Pawn Stars equivalent, which he is not. He's a lot better than Pawn Stars because he's... It's real, you know? He's, yeah, gam- it's real. he's gambling. It's real. It's... Of course it's, it's real. It's real. Okay, yeah. I don't know why you think it's fake. Well, why do you think it's fake? I don't know. I just don't think... I mean, I think of like a transaction taking place. I don't think of some fuck with the phone next to them while this guy's talking to camera like, we're going to make a deal in a mazal. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's make a deal right now. Like, it's content. I know, but it is content. But I also do think that he is actually making deals. And then he, I like the deals where he also throws in his like, it's like, oh, I'll give you 1200 and a, and a steak dinner on me. When you throw in a steak dinner on there, it's like what I don't even know what that even means. It's like hilarious. Yeah. It's yeah, it's I mean it's entertaining. I love it. I actually haven't checked in on my boy Moses in a minute. Yeah, you, I, you I, know him personally. I know him personally. I hope he is doing well. He was on the road to hundred K. Yeah, we'll get him on the show. We're all on the road to hundred K. What the fuck is this guy talking about? Everyone's on the road to hundred K. Who's not <laughs> who's who's not on that road? You know? Uh, Somebody's yeah. like, I'm on the road to fifty. Nobody's on the road to fifty. He's on the road to hundred K, so I'm I'm just trying to follow his journey no, and I'm I hope that he's made it 10. there already. I'm, we're oh yeah, I mean we're on the road. We're on the road to a K right now. <laughs> yeah, we're on the we're on the side of the road. Yeah, we're on the side <laughs> of the road. So with that, please like, follow, subscribe, share us everywhere. Tell your friends. If you like video games, you like us. Just just share it. Show the love. 
follow us at all of our Instagram handles. Mark is a uh, I, I don't even know what the fuck your my handle Instagram is, handle yeah, is. My handle is just my name and a bunch of like underscores. But yeah, I don't need to be finding my personal one. We yeah, we don't need to find this personal one. But you can follow me at Joey with the Biz. You can follow all my posts that I don't post. And then also follow at the Go for Bronze Pod on Instagram. That's where we collect all our questions. You can DM our questions or be on the lookout for a story that usually goes out 24 hours before the show mm-hmm. we record. So just be on the lookout for all that goodness. And then also, before we leave, you should have been at the top of the show, but we didn't talk about the fact that we went to a show to, or concert together this month. Oh, yeah, or this that's week. true. We did Surf Curse at the Beecham. We did Surf Curse at the Beecham. was a great time. Mm-hmm. Had great to be time. there. Joel was watching the Heat game mid-show. <laughs> you gotta stay you gotta stay in touch with the basketball i get it i mean i don't know we don't know the miami heat schedule so but the surf curve show just happened to line up with a miami heat game and uh, you know i'm a dedicated i'm a de- dedicated hemi fan love mm. a hemi and d wade spit rose combo you know oh, man. so i had to watch i had to watch the ending of the game it was a close game we did pull it through we're hoping to close it up to tonight game six in miami Close it up, and then we'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see you there. Yeah, the the concert was good though. I was gonna say one, my one of the highlights of the concert was when the show actually ended, and they were playing Weezer "Undone Sweater" song. But like, I feel like that's when people opened up like dancing when the lights were coming on, just because that song yeah. was playing. The whole song, everybody like caught a vibe. Everybody was feeling that Weezer. Yeah, it was good. It's a good show for sure. It's good shit. Couldn't hear out of my left ear for a hot minute but you yeah, know we loud. made it through it was really loud very very loud i had taco bell after survived the fallout the next day it's good stuff yeah you've been kind of wild with the stomach shit i'm surprised you're alive right now because no, you had taco bell and ice cream what the fuck what he's referring to is there's a place called brewster's which they you know they great ice cream good blasts right i like my ice cream to be i mean that's just like the name of a mcflurry but every place has a different blast in the ass yeah, but a small is 16 ounces. It's a pint of ice cream, so it definitely gave God me a little, a little tummy ache last night before I went to bed. I needed a little gas X, but it's what it, it is what it is, right? You know what I'm saying? We're getting older. None of that's going to make me feel any better. You're out here drinking mini cans of soda, so you're full of shit. Yeah, because I'm trying to make health-conscious fucking decisions. A health-conscious decision is to just not drink the soda. I need a little bit. I'm addicted to Diet Coke. Yeah, well, that's a problem. <laughs> No, we don't. We don't have problems. We have solutions. The mini cans are the solutions. Yeah, it's a solution. It's just a cycle. You just you think you're done with it, and then you need another one. But we're all on our own journey, you know. We're on our own journey with addictions. <laughs> so wherever you are, just just let us know in the comments. <laughs> we're all on the road, like we said. We're all on the road to 100k. You're somewhere on we're the road. The, somewhere. Um, I'm on the road out that's of here. All, yeah, I'm on the road out of here. That's all I have for this week's episode, Mark. Do you have any closing comments for the audience? Everyone stay safe. Thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate you. Appreciate the time to make it all the way to the end. Hope you laughed. Hope you had a good time. If you want to find out anything more about the show, we'll have links in our description. We've got beautiful links all over the place. Check our Twitter. Check our link trees. You can look at our Twitch. And let us know how we're doing. What do you enjoy? What do you not enjoy? Do you hate us? Do you drink mini uh, cans of soda? Do you dip your pizza crust into soda like a psychopath? But that's pretty much it. You know, just have fun. Have a good week. And uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, on that note, we'll see you back here next week. Take care. Bye-bye.